0: Star Wars Geek Girls, they're geek girls that like Star Wars, and sometimes
1: cry.
2: Hello and welcome to Star Wars Geek Girl as usual, I'm Zoe. Lizzie can't make it with us today because we're recording a little bit late at night on the uh, west coast for her on the east coast, but I'm really excited to announce our guest. I'm here with Brendan Wayne. today. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself?
0: Sure. Hi, everybody. Thank you for
1: uh, joining Zoe. I'm Brendan Wayne, and I could not be you know, more excited to sit and talk with a fan and, and <laughs> let you all know as much as I possibly can.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm super excited. I'm sure you get this all the time, but um, my first uh, ever homework assignment in film school was watching Stagecoach.
0: Yes.
1: <laughs> i love it i love it that so, is really cool it's either stagecoach or the searchers
2: yeah you know we i watched searchers for and i already seen it but i did watch it for another homework assignment another class too <laughs> yeah
0: that makes
2: so, sense um <laughs> super excited uh so i guess i have a few questions and stuff and we can just talk about um for anyone who isn't aware listening um brendan wayne is uh the grandson of john wayne who is a big um, uh, film star in a lot of Westerns, I'm sure you know. And he also, uh, in Star Wars, oh, there he is. <laughs> he also, in Star Wars, um, is one of the actors in the armor for The Mandalorian in The Mandalorian and also The Book of Boba Fett, correct? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm super excited to talk to you. Uh, my first question is just before you you know, were able to join the Mandalorian. What were your experiences with Star Wars at that point?
1: Uh, Obviously was not uh, working with any Star Wars. So my my for me, my journey with Star Wars began, I mean, young. It was one of the first movies I remember being taken to on The Last of Eight Kids. So I was able to go to that movie with my brothers and my mom. And my mother loved going to... Uh, the pictures, and uh, this was one of them that she was. It's funny because she wasn't a sci-fi lover, but this was one of them that she was interested in because she heard, "Hey, this is like a space western. Let's see if it, you know, fulfills the." And uh, I think we were all blown away. I obviously, being a young guy, was I was done hook, line, and sinker. Percent, <laughs> I was in it. I was like, oh, I want a land speeder! This is so cool! And then, you know, all the way through the uh, Empire Strikes Back, Turn of the Jedi. I mean, I was like, we would wait outside the theaters back in the day. You didn't, you couldn't buy your seats beforehand, so we would wait outside the theater for. I think it was Empire Strikes Back. We sat outside the theater for sixteen hours to get our seats and our tickets. So, yeah, we used to do that all the time. E.T., we did that. We did that with Return of the Jedi, but it was a big deal because we had so much time in between um, movies, whereas now they just, they move at such a faster pace. So interesting, Um, very different, but interesting.
2: Yeah, that's cool. Were there any particular characters that you really liked? (laughs)
1: Being the last of eight, obviously, I loved Han and Luke. Like, it was very cool. But when we'd go play, I didn't have those options. The bigger kids got to take what they wanted. So it's funny because initially I disliked Boba because he froze Han and made me really mad. Especially because I had to wait so long to see the outcome. Okay, does that seem to be working better?
2: Yeah, I think so.
1: Sorry about that. <laughs> no, that's okay. It's it's definitely on my end, I'm pretty sure. All right, there we go. How's that?
2: That seems, that seems better, thank you.
1: All right, so here, I'll give you a brief recap of what came in and out and you tell me if it works. Uh, otherwise, I'll just move to another room. Um, the idea was when I was a kid, we couldn't just, like movies didn't come out like every six months or every year. It was years in between the Star Wars. So I started with New Hope, and I was hooked from that point on. But since I was little, I didn't get to make my choices. Like my brothers got to make their choices first. So the the figure I got to play with um, was Boba. And that was after Empire. And it's funny because I hated him. And then I learned to love him just because of his look, the whole deal. Uh, so that was really cool. And then Empire Strikes Back, like we waited 16 hours to go see Empire Strikes Back because you couldn't buy your tickets in advance. Mm-hmm. You had to wait and then you didn't get the seats. You got whatever you got. So we waited. Uh, and then I think for Return of the Jedi, I think we waited a full day um, before we went sun. So I'm, I love Star Wars. I loved it always. Like there was nothing that, you know, bothered me about it. I know some people kind of nitpick at it. But I love the journey that George and and the crew took us on every time. So, yeah, I'm a huge Star Wars fan.
2: That's good. It's good that you like Boba, obviously. It, um, was, it, it,
1: was, it was very interesting how it worked <laughs> out, yeah.
2: Uh, so it leads really into my next question, which was how, you know, what was the moment like when you kind of found out or realized you were working on a Star Wars project and, like, how did you feel?
1: I had no idea. I knew I was going in for something. And it was, uh, the only thing they could tell me was it was a galaxy far away. So I was like, okay, Star Wars. So they were like, we just, it's really, and I didn't even know what I was like. Normally you get an audition and you get sides. I didn't get any of that. I got, hey, you're gonna get paid, which you never do for auditions, to go try on a costume. And I was like, okay, that's weird. Like, yeah, you go into this legendary place, Legacy, they're unbelievable. They do every movie you've ever loved, the characters, Terminator, all these things. I was like blown away. And I go in and first thing I see is, uh, yeah, it's, it's Arnold, it's, you know, the Terminator. And I'm like, oh my, God, this is amazing. So I'm looking around and then I see uh, uh, the Avatar characters uh and i'm just like like a kid in a candy store i was like oh my god then they bring me costume we need to try on i can see him kind of looking going not as tall and i couldn't figure out why that mattered. but he made a costume apparently they tried a few uh people out um and none of them worked out for whatever reasons but they had made a costume for one of them like they were good that was the guy they were going with the guy was like six five so I hear about this and then I'm like okay hold on I'm never gonna fit in this and they're like no 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 this is amazing (laughs) and nope it is literally they keep telling me no I'm like no it's okay dude I'm not gonna tell anybody it's all good they're like nope it's not boba. Stop saying that. They got like, mad at me. I was like, okay, whatever, guys. Don't be so sensitive. So I put on this costume and it fits. Like, I was like, this is pretty good. I mean, it's a little long in the sleeves and legs, but everything was working. They're like, here's the key. If this helmet fits you. I was like, all right, whatever. Put it on Mike, Trevor, like all these. And they're all looking like, oh my God, oh my God. Oh my God. Marion, who made <laughs> the costume, like eventually made a new costume for me um and they were like, they're like okay we're gonna go take pictures of you and I was like oh okay so we did some whatever and um illegally and uh <laughs> I was like this is so unbelievable really cool and they're like you're the guy I was like yeah okay whatever I don't know what that means but okay all good and mind you I had a kid who was about to go away to college so uh, I think it was like two weeks um from that time I, had, I was going to go back to Boston because my kid was going to BU. And so I, I you know, I walk out of the room. I don't think anything of it. Go drive away or whatever. Ten, I don't hear anything. My agent's like, hey, you know, I, I still haven't heard anything back. I'm like, it really is. I know it's some kind of Star Wars thing. They say it's not Boba Fett. I don't know what it <laughs> is, but it's something. And he's like, yeah, it's you know, too bad. When he you leaving? I say, oh, I'm leaving in about four days. And he gets a call. He calls me, Brandon, trip. I'm like, I'm not moving my trip, bro. He's like, no, it's a screen test for this. I'm like, I'm not moving my trip. I'm taking my kid. There's only one time I'm ever going to be able to take this kid to college. It's not going to happen. Too important. He's, like, he's about to go like, he's like, no, <laughs> you cannot turn this down. I'm like, yeah, I'm turning it down. Go tell him. He's like, you're kidding. So, needless to say, they moved it. I wasn't trying to big time them. I just my priorities were my family first. Yeah. So I get down to Manhattan Beach. I walk in. I meet Dave Filoni. I meet the prop guy that went. Like I was like, oh, I'm working on Star Wars. <laughs> oh my God, this is gonna. And you know, I don't even I don't even know really. I know I have some sides now. I know I'm going into a bar. I'm going to talk to some guy named Grief Karga. Uh, I'm going to talk to a bartender and maybe get in a fight. So they have me walking around and uh, the shoes are size 12 and I'm a size 10. And uh, John's looking at me walking and he's like, I think you're overdoing it. And I go, you know what? Honestly, it's the shoes. They're just too big. So I'm, I feel like I'm like mad magazine walking right <laughs> now, but Ben's a little He's like, why don't you uh, get your tennis shoes, whatever. They went and found shoes that fit me. So I walked around and then he's like, that's it. That's that's the walk I'm looking for. They're like in the helmet and everything. You know, I want you to walk upstairs, walk up a ramp, jump, whatever. And I was like, okay. And I did it. And they're like looking at each other. And apparently it was really hard to do. I didn't have any problems with it. <laughs> I didn't, I'm not like bragging. I just happened to have the right yeah. visual abilities. Um, and I'd done my work before I came in. I walked around in a Boba Fett helmet I got off Amazon. So like I did my work, but it was funny because usually on auditions, I'm just hopeful that they'll see me. I'm like, thank you for seeing me. They're like, yeah, great. We need somebody to actually book the job. But I was too busy uh, not giving a hoot. And so like when a prop guy came over, he's like, here's this gun, this big rifle you get to carry. And I'm like, I hate it. You got to cut it down by like what? <laughs> like what? I'm like it's too big. I won't be able to walk with it. We're gonna have to put a a magnet here so I can flip this gun over. And these guys are looking at me like. And mind you, John Favreau's standing there and Dave Filoni, and I don't know what it was. I mean, John's always so comfortable to be around. He's so I don't know uh, collaborative. Uh, so I just whatever. I was like, yeah, this is what needs to happen. This, you know, thigh pads wrong. This has got to change. And like, I thought about it later and was like, who the hell do you think you are, sir? (laughs) I get off at school. I didn't know anything that day. I had no idea what they really wanted. I only knew that, you know, I was told, hey, this is going to be like the David Prowse and and the James Earl Jones kind of thing. I was like, okay, cool. Sure enough, man. I was on that trip. Uh, taking my kid back to school, stressing about how am I gonna, you know, that I dreamed of as a kid. I got to play on full size set, full land speeder. Uh, the Nick Doe where we were, we we beginning Ig Eleven and I, and, I, and then I shoot him
0: uh, into that like is these full buildings, watching these guys do these high dive. Uh, I mean, it's just like Paul. Paul Darnell, he does a high dive. Uh, the one, like it was just these incredible rehearsing with Latif, uh,
1: creating what we wanted to do physically. It was so cool. So yeah, it was a it was a dream come true.
2: So you cut out a little bit more again. Uh, there. I'm so sorry.
1: That's okay. I'm gonna move
0: to the next room. Okay. Let's see what happens. Sounds good. This is my artist's lab.
1: This is where we do um, a lot of
0: painting
1: and things like
0: that. Wow.
1: Yeah. That's I, cool. uh, I create. I turned my uh, garage into a school when the kids were on Zoom, and then we made it into an art studio when it all ended. I'll
0: be right back. Yeah, take your time. Okay, here we go. okay let's see how this one
2: does
0: all right that's better
1: all right all right let's see if this one holds a little better i hope so
2: thank you so much
1: yeah no it it was amazing i got to walk into sets that were um made for me and were my childhood dream you know watching Star Wars, you wanted to be there, wherever it was, whatever galaxy it was, Tatooine, uh, you know, Sorghum, anything like that, like, I just wanted to be there, and then, you know, midway through life, I get this opportunity to play again, and I don't know, it reminded me to play and to enjoy it.
2: That's amazing, yeah, um, so... I do have to ask this. I'm so curious. So I know Grogu or his baby Yoda or the child. I I know that was the kid. I know that was a huge secret. I assume you were let in on it.
1: Oh, I mean, I was, when I was getting suited up for uh, Mando, when I was getting my costume made, it was at Legacy. Legacy, those guys, I mean, they win every award that's out there. They're amazing. They were making, you know, Grogu or the, you know, the child as they called it. And uh, I mean, I saw it before it had its skin on its head. Like I saw it, in the, <laughs> like I've seen it. I've seen this this kid since birth. Um, <laughs> I've seen it, you know, not as much as they have, but more than anyone else really.
0: Yeah. And it was,
1: it was amazing, but I didn't share everybody's opinion. Well, I don't know that everybody had the same opinion. But I didn't share everybody's opinion that this was going to be, I don't know, the the, the be-all, end-all. I, mm-hmm. I just, oh, it's another one of those characters, like an Ewok or something, or, you know, like Yoda. And, yeah. you know, they were having none of it, and they were right, and I was wrong.
2: <laughs> it did blow up quite a bit. So, you, what was your first um, kind of reaction to realizing, like, what the... You know, it's really father-son story of the Mandalorian was and having that relationship with this character.
1: For me, it hit home really easy because being a father and a husband are two things that are the only two things that supersede my desire to create and be an actor. There's only, you know, those are the only things that are without question above and beyond acting. I had no problem, be, especially because the lifelike quality, it was an easy translation. And uh, I I, I had that feeling every day learning from them, you know, because Mando learns from Grogu as much as, Grogu will ever learn from Mando and I think it's a really very symbolic relationship in the sense that this is this is what parents do constantly you know we are and we're in a good place we're able to make the adjustments seamlessly that we have to because like I have three daughters and we each one of them are very different so how do we you know, how do we manage that? And that's with, with Grogu. It's watching him grow, even though he's not growing in size, watching him grow up as a character, um, finding places where I, you know, I can trust that. You know, all those kind of things, you know, that's a big deal for me. So, yeah, I mean, I find every opportunity I can to be not the puppeteer necessarily but to be holding him without anybody around that nobody has to like green screen it or whatever it is i prefer the wireless one because then then it is you know it's there and i'm able to connect so yeah i mean and he's you know he turned out to be extremely cute compared to the first (laughs) thing i saw which was like i was like this is the scariest thing I've ever seen.
2: <laughs> it could have been a very different show, for sure. <laughs>
1: exactly. Mm. Now, what is your experience with Grogu as an audience member?
2: Well, I mean, I think I had the first reaction a lot of people had was the first time you see one screen at the end of that first episode. It's like, oh my gosh, this is the cutest little thing ever um it's all it's a baby yoda like that's amazing and that initial action and then throughout the show it was very i think really i think the heart of the show so much is that relationship and then i think is you know everything else is so cool but i think that's what really i think connects us to the character and something i really loved and especially like there were scenes like the one scene in later in season two when Uh, Din and Grogu going back and forth and Din saying his name and seeing how Grogu reacts when that happened my dad looked at me because I was watching it with him and he said I used to do that exact same thing with you when you were a baby so that I think connection and I think it definitely hit my dad a lot harder than me in a lot of ways because I don't really remember being like a baby like Grogu I remember that for me but a lot of those moments where I got to watch with my dad and seeing my dad's reaction I think was really powerful for sure
1: that is so cool to hear, you know, <laughs> honestly, like I have goosebumps like a hundred percent because I, and I love this, you know, I've been, you know, like I'm on here because you asked, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so social media was a, a, for me, I don't put up with, you know, the garbage, but I do try to honor the fans as much as I can because I don't have a job if y'all don't like it and you don't watch it so if I get an opportunity to you know do a podcast or something I'm happy to do it because first of all I get to hear a story like that because I read the stories people send them to me and I get those things that I loved when I was a kid which was movies were a way for my mom and I to really connect and really we had conversations that I don't know that I would have had with her, had it not been represented on a screen, so that I could take it away from me, and then she could talk to me about a subject that might actually either affect me later, affect me then, and 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 learn a perspective that wasn't mine, that had experience, and that's I even when I read the scripts and I you know doing the uh, Grogu. Catch the ball, you know, like that whole thing, um, and then having you know Row there, having Rosario there, uh, it was—I don't know—it was another level of uh, pinch-me moments where you're like, "Come on!" You know, I, I'm a very fortunate guy. I, I yeah, I grew up John Wayne's grandson, and so the opportunities in my life have always been. Um, exceptional so to have created an opportunity and watched it become beyond exceptional you know I'm working with Carl Weathers who's stunning who all he has to do is give you a look and you're moved and Ming-Na and then you know Werner Herzog and you're like oh my god and and you just go down Bill Burr like everywhere all these different walks of life and the thing that moves you the most is the kid and that relationship and then you get somebody who's incredibly talented and and understands how to incorporate you with john or dave or or rick famaida or or deborah chow like as simon J's chris guys and they helped me in every scene like especially camera, my best as Mando. And they understood that it was a response because I wanted you to enjoy it and have these moments that I could hear about Mm -hmm. on the internet. My grandmother who loves John Wayne and me came together and we're watching these, she sees it as an old Western. I see it as Star Wars. And they, the crossover is
2: unbelievable. Absolutely. Um, that's such an amazing way of, of thinking about it. And speaking of, you know, the Mandalorian, I mean, Star Wars has always been, but the Mandalorian I think exemplifies a lot of the ways that Star Wars is a Western. So what what's it like for you to get to play uh, basically a character in a big modern Western?
0: I will
1: never get tired of it. I don't know if to go on a set. And they build, you know, the N1 comes in. Or uh, I'm in Pelly's new garage. My acting waltz is my, my acting coach, Nikolai Guzov, or my current coach, my wife, Sarah. Um, there's an acting waltz. I, I, I see, I hear, I process, I react. And that's, it's still that. And meanwhile, I'm doing it within the genre. I get to be Western everybody else gets to be whatever they are and it's it is honestly a mashup in character choices because we don't do just western trope characters i'm a western style character but not everybody else is i mean we haven't seen one really i guess uh michael bean's character which was amazing drawing down with johnny ringo and cad bane and timothy oliphant but really everybody else could be in any other kind of like you could be in a a romance could be you know like Omera and I and our relationship that was like a a, like a like a I don't know like a thriller almost like how are these two star-crossed lovers gonna write the ship in this town and still how how is that relationship gonna carry with a helmet how is that love or temptation to take the helmet off and not be a Mandalorian anymore how is that gonna can we convey it does Bryce pull it off yes she does she's unbelievable at it so yeah it was really cool really cool
2: yeah and that's you know one thing you mentioned Bryce there's obviously a lot of different directors that worked across the Mandalorian and also the book of Boba Fett and how would you say between those two shows, but also even episode to episode, how uh, things might differ with the different directors?
1: I mean, it wasn't just that. It was that we had different directors and we had, especially first season, we had different themes for every episode. Like we'd have a, a, um, uh, a heist, like with, uh, with Burr and that whole crew. We were really, it was a heist. And we had to steal a guy, and you know that whole thing, and then you know on Sorgan with Omera and Bryce, um, it was a and each of them like open up a different side of of Din or, or Mando, um, and that's what I loved about it. But to watch like Rick do his episode, and it had such a mood to it with the with the red light and the fighting, but the there was I don't know that it like. It had to have a certain pace to it. Um, and then you had, you know, like Deb and, and she had to create these human moments between Quill and Mando and, and and the kid and the relationship and and this kind of like, how do you do that within science fiction and how do you not let it just be science fiction? And it's out there. You, you have to bring that. That's what I think, you know, Mr. Lucas George did um, with Star Wars. He was able to create human relationships in a not necessarily human environment, you know, as we see it. So um, going through the directors, I mean, it's just what was the style of each episode that they were doing that episode? You know, you go to Dave's and you go to the Jedi in the second season, and this was a samurai. Uh, you know, with a western underneath, so it was a very Sergio Leone, and so you had these, you know, Dave. Dave, that I mean, one of my top episodes to work on for so many reasons, but the biggest of
0: which was it was something that Dave loved, he had his heart. And it fed me at a time when I needed something because physically
1: I was I was I was just coming out of the hospital. So it was incredible. And then you know, second season I get to work with Robert, who's one of my idols. I'd never met him. I you'd never want to meet your heroes
0: because you're you'd never want them to. I was talking to Ice T in New York last weekend. And
1: he turned out to be a really good guy. And he said, you know, I know you never want to meet your heroes. I'm glad that I, you know, am true to who I am. And so I meet Robert and I'm like, you know, I met presidents. I don't mean that as like a name drop. I just, I mean like I met popes, I met presidents, but meeting Robert was like, it was like meeting John on Cowboys and Aliens. Like, I admire your work. I admire what you've done. And for me and meeting Robert, I was so curious to see if he really was that um, creative. He was so beyond my expectation. I have no idea like how to explain it. And so other than to say,
0: um, you know, he got to be dedicated as a character, and helped me as an actor
1: and it still has because I didn't want to do it because I wasted my time when I was younger not doing it when I was given the opportunity. And so I had been holding things. And so Robert had pulled me out of this non-creative spot and opened up another door for me. And then you get like Rick Famouia, and I'm in the Mudhorn fight and I pull the vibro blade up and I have my head down And it's a moment, I, first of all, I'm miserable in the water, in the mud, in the suit. And I, I'm, you know, I'm the toughest guy, you know, uh, so I'm never going to tell them something's hard. And so I'm just going to get through this. I'm going to figure out a way to get through this. And I want to test myself and I want to push myself. And so I, I just, I told him, I was like, I think this is dumb. I'm going to look so stupid doing this. And And he's super mellow and he doesn't take any offense to it which somebody could easily, he didn't get defensive. He said, let's just see it. Cause I think this is gonna be one of those night moments where you're like, this is the night of, you know the round table, like this kind of moment. And I was like, I do to it. I trust him, but I, I don't know that I trusted him completely until I went and saw the playback. And I went, oh my God, you're so right, Rick. And he was, he was very, genuinely happy. And from that point on, it taught me to, if I had a question to ask it, but to trust in the vision, because I have to tell Mando's story. That's my job. They have to tell this huge story and I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm doing this. And that's your job as a director is not to tell my story, but to tell the story. And that makes it very different because you go from a one person or me and the kid story to how do we incorporate the world around us, the environment around us? How does the environment affect what I'm shooting? And I and I learn all these things. And the whole time, I'm, you know, I'm like a deer in headlights because I'm on a show that I know is big time. Uh, and I and I'm like, I, I want to do it justice. And so I'm sticking to my guns as much as I can, but I know that I got to find places to go and be free. Um, and so I just sit there and talk to Carl Weathers the whole time. And this man, you know, he was my idol when I was growing up. Uh, he took me under his wing and he really worked with me. Like, what's, what's your relationship? What's this moment about? Stay here with me oh you're having a hard time physically doing something because i find my characters physically almost always and so he looked at me and said then just do it stop thinking about it how would your grandfather do it and i remember having a problem going up a ramp i was leaning too far and they hated the way I looked and i was like i don't know what to do and he goes just walk up how would your grandfather do it i go like this and he goes do it again (laughs) and he was great like i i mean he broke through so many walls for me and it was effortless seemingly i assume he didn't even notice he was just talking to somebody he was talking to a fellow actor and he was giving his views on it and i was asking his views you know anything from how hard was it for you to get leading man roles to what was something you really wanted to do and And then how do we work? And what's our relationship? And how does the status of that affect what we're doing? And he has worked so long and so hard that I was literally like, I would go sit with him, we'd talk and I'd run back to my room and I'd write down in my journal, be like, yeah, okay. Yeah, don't forget. Mm -hmm. So yeah, um, God, oh, all the directors, sorry. I went off on a tangent you work with all the directors and then you get, you know, like a Taika Waititi who's, you know, white hot fire right now, right? But uh, at the time he was, you know, he was coming up still. And it was very interesting because his take was completely different than everyone else's. You know, whereas like Bryce really values the actor and really values the moments, and really drives, and really pushes because she understands that you have more to give. Um, you get someone like you know like Taika who you know is setting up things constantly, and his his view towards you know Din uh, when I was working with him was very much like yeah okay just kind of you know do these things, and let's move on. And it was fine, like it it was his style. It's fine by me, Um, but it was very different. And then you get to like, you know, uh, like Peyton Reed and he's hilarious and really kind. And, you know, for me, I didn't get to work with John on his episode that much because I was in the hospital, but working with Dave, it's always interesting because those things that I don't know about Canon or something like that, Dave's there and he, he can just share it with you. And he's so unassuming that you almost forget how great he is. What a great storyteller he is. And I was, it was easy for me to forget that Dave was just beginning in live action. So my second season, I don't look at him that way. He may still, but I don't. And so it's fun to go on these journeys with him and I'm so excited for him and, and what he's going to do with Ahsoka and the beauty of it all. Like he and I sat and talked and I, I, I think it's going to be absolutely the next big thing. It's, and, and Rosario is I'd follow her anywhere. She's just that great. So, yeah. It's It's incredible getting to work with all the all the people. How's my internet?
2: It's good. It was It was like a few little moments, but it, nothing or I couldn't understand what you were saying. So
0: okay, good good, good. be
2: good. <laughs> um, yeah, that's amazing. I especially I Tycho is like one of my favorite directors right now. So it's very cool to hear how he yeah. works. Um, uh, he, he brings mentioned... a couch
1: and a lava lamp that he sits <laughs> in at video Village. Just to be clear, he'll have, like, he had a robe, his lava lamp, um, a cup of coffee and his own, you know, like cup of coffee, (laughs) sitting on a couch, in like house slippers, watching the ticks. And it was like, you want to talk about carrying a certain energy on set to, and and, that helped free people. He was there for it all day.
2: That's amazing. (laughs) Um, so you mentioned, I believe you said the episode with Robert Rodriguez was one oh. of your favorites. Um, is there a particular scene you did in that episode or another one that really resonated with you for any reason or that you just had fun doing? Uh,
1: every scene I did with Robert was fun because, uh, like he, if you ask him what's your vision, he'll tell you. And it's real fun. Like it's a journey. Like you're like wow, you are incredibly thoughtful and creative. And I don't know how I went from asking you what this vision was to by the end of it, you somehow made me feel better about who I am. Like, I, I don't even get it, like it's amazing. <laughs> but like a scene, there's a couple, the one where I got to draw down with the with Johnny Ringo himself was pretty epic. And the buildup to that was amazing. Um finding out the kid's name with Roe, that was a big deal for me. And then uh, Robert's episode and working with Tim and Ming together, cause Ming's my queen. Like I bow to her, she's my queen. And having Boba drop in the way he did, and he came in with guns blazing,
0: <laughs> just shredding
1: things. Um, that was it for me. Like that scene right there, where we were when it, when we did it, it was our first location shoot ever. Um, and, uh, who I was with like Tam Morrison, like you talk about people, you want to work with people who are willing and capable. I mean, Tim's, he is willing and capable all day acting physicality means the same way. So it it was tremendous, and then, you know, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's incredible, incredible.
2: So, so I know you know you grew up with the Boba Fett toy, and then you said that um, you thought when you first saw the armor, you thought it was a Boba Fett. When oh, yeah. they did bring actual Boba Fett into the show, what what was that whole process like?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I knew before it started. Obviously, because I get I get the scripts before, so unlike a lot of people, uh, you know, like in the episode, even they didn't know he was in it. So to see him walk on for me, seeing Boba come out of a trailer, I was like, and then to talk to Robert about his Star Wars, like, hey, what you know, what's your relationship with Star Wars? And he showed me that video that you see of what he and his kids did to create a Star Wars, like, this is what we see moment, like a, a previs, so to speak. It, like, I
0: don't know. Like, I don't think words can do it, Jesse, but it was like, and I met him and they exceeded your expectations. So Boba Fett played by Tim,
1: Exceeded my expectations. I was blown away at how good he was and how much he was going to wear the suit, and how he didn't get affected by it. So, um, and then just being out there, in, you know, at the rocks, it was it was awesome. It was really cool.
2: Yeah, and then so then both got the spinoff led by Robert Rodriguez. So. Um, I'm just curious because obviously it's a different show from Mando, but has a lot of similar aspects to it. So, what was it like working on on that series and being in a a whole Boba Fett show?
1: Well, it was really cool, especially because I got to start early, so I was there from for a lot of it. Like, even though I'm only in whatever three episodes. I was there for a lot of all the shooting because we'd be shooting or I'd be shooting, you know, my stuff, and then I could go over and watch Tim and Ming. Um, and then you get to be around like David Pasquazi, who is unbelievable, and then uh, you get you get Pelly, who's Amy Sedaris, and you get you know, it, it's I, I don't know, like working on that show and not having to feel the weight of working every single day. And, and preparing for whatever scenes you're doing. It was very freeing. But then to understand the genre and the style of, hey, we're doing a mob film really here, which was Boba, you know, it was kind of like a mob movie. And uh, that whole, watching that process for me and knowing that Robert was doing, he's like, you know, I'm, these four episodes I'm doing are like a movie. That's how I'm looking at it. And then everybody else who did episodes, you know, filled in and, and everything. So to, to, to see that and to be a part of that, and then to have an epic moment as the character in that, to step into what we call the meat locker uh, in that episode and come, you know, say, I know it's you, and then getting that big fight, that was Latif, but stepping in, that was a great moment. And it was a great moment that I that I understood was going to have some power. I had no idea that it was going to have the power. It did, but it was amazing. And, and it's, you know, you can't get it done without the grace of Robert Rodriguez, you know? And that's really cool because somebody who had less confidence wouldn't allowed my character to come in the way they did because they might've thought, uh-oh, that's going to usurp Boba but he understood its importance in the grand scheme and so it was it was amazing and it it teaches you you know creatively that you have to be beyond my one character moment it's we've got to figure out where's the story going and how do I facilitate that my character story and the bigger story yeah that's
2: yeah and I think both you know like you said But it was more of like a mob film in the form of a Star Wars series. Um, and one thing this is me being a little bit of a production nerd that I'm curious about. So, the Mandalorian really was the first kind of big project that used uh the volume, uh the sound the set set soundstage there. Um, so I'm really curious because obviously you've worked on other projects before, and obviously they did use some like on location sets and things for, for the series. So I'm curious on like what worked in the volume was like as an actor compared to other kind of uh, sets you've been on.
1: Well, I mean, I just, just I remember doing a screen test and we were in stage 20 and that's where the volume ended up being built. I remember John saying we're going to have 20 foot high LED screens surrounding you. And it's going to give you your Eyelines, and it's going to give you what's actually going to be populating the screen and I'm just too much of a dullard to quite understand what that meant I just know that John was really excited so when I finally got to go in and I walk into this room and there's the razor crest and around me is space literally like stars coming by me like this. I'm like, oh my God, now I see. Now I'm not even acting in this yet. They were just showing me. The first thing I'm acting is the ice plant scene. And they've laid, you know, it's just like, uh, I'm walking down the planks, you know, the, the wood to go into the ice plant bar. And I remember looking around and just seeing like like I was in alaska in a terrible snowstorm or something you know and going this is unbelievable like it's crazy because not more than i don't know a few years earlier my wife was working uh mocap for jungle book and uh they had nothing they had green tapestry everywhere and People were walking around with nothing surrounding them, and so all I could think of was my uncle Patrick. He did Sinbad back in seventy-two with Jane Seymour, and he had to fight these, you know, creatures, right? So I tell him, "Hey, this is, you know, this is what I'm working with," and he just shaking his head, and he's like, "I had a guy with a stick and a ball, and I'm looking up, at this
0: thing. <laughs>
1: and I'm like, that is the greatness of the volume is that it allows you." to continue your relationship rather than go, oh, I have to figure out what's out here. And it's there. So you're able to be affected by your environment, just like any character or person in real life would be within trying to create the acting waltz that happens here to there, to here, to there. So unreal is not a big enough word. I know that it, doesn't work for everything. I know that Greg Frazier recently said, doesn't really work for daylight or this or that. I don't know, I think we've pulled it off pretty well, but he says, you know, dusk or dawn, things like that. That's when it really sets itself apart. You know this, as Mando, because I reflect so much, I prefer that being on the volume and being outside because if there's an airplane and you see it in my chest and somebody else doesn't catch it before it goes we're going to hear about hey there's a starbucks cup in the middle of game <laughs> of thrones you know what i mean yeah so yeah. and to try like that kind of conversation happens on set like mm-hmm. to think that we're not aware is absolutely untrue like 100 percent. everybody's like oh my god but to be able to work with a, a vehicle like this and to be able to walk, like we did a one shot in uh, Boca Boba where I, we are on one floor the whole time. I walk in, I get in the elevator, I go up, I come out, the camera follows me in, follows, turns over here, I'm at the bar. You see the bar as I turn in and then I go into the separate room in on the same floor but like I go in a room and there's a table and I throw the head on the table and they're like uh, what if we don't pay you or whatever and then comes out follows behind me I get back in the elevator I go all the way down to go to the Mandalorian covert and I walk out and then the next scene is me walking in the ramp so that whole thing I just described up until I'm walking down the ramp and I take a fall is a one shot by Simon J's who is, I don't know, he's, he's one of the greatest steady cam operators I've ever seen. And the whole time he's telling me, stay here, go this, you know, like it's just unbelievable the way he's able to see, keep me in the frame, do his job, and carry the camera the way he did. That was award winning for me. Like a well, one shot in the volume. And we keep, I'm going to tell you right now, no spoiler, season three, we're pushing the envelope in the, all, in the volume again. It's going to be amazing. It really is going to be amazing.
2: I'm very excited. I won't, I promise I won't ask anything about season three because I know it's locked down all the secrets and...
1: <laughs> Get Giancarlo to come on here and I'm sure he'll tell you some secret. But I mean... We have announced quite a few people on the show,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but i, I, I think uh, I think there's even quite a few more that nobody knows about, and we're all good with it. It's gonna yeah. be
2: awesome. killing me. I'm so excited. Um, yeah, I won't ask you anything cause I know you can't tell me um that I can say, and you can have if you can say anything else since doing this too but I'm just curious if there's, you've said a lot, um, but if there's like any one thing you could say you've taken away from the whole experience of the Mandalorian and joining the Star Wars universe.
1: First of all, there's two, because they're two different ideas. Mm -hmm. So from uh, my point of view and my life that I, you know, was fortunate enough to have prior to this, Understanding that fans are vociferous and understanding now that they have a platform that is unlike any other platform fans have ever had before. Like, fans of my grandfather never had that kind. I still have handwritten letters to him and handwritten letters that he sent back. Um, There's something both impersonal and personal about being in this universe. but the support and love that I've gotten is I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's quite amazing. I know some, some people like to comment and be like, oh, he's throwing shade at you know, Pedro or Latif. I love these guys. Like I love these guys. Latif and I are together all the time. I am not a stunt man. I've never been a stunt man. Latif is the stunt man. He's an incredible artist that way. Um, I studied acting. I just happen to be physical. So I'm able to do certain things, certain character type within my range. And that's where I fall in, into Mando. And that's my part, you know, uh, of Mando. And, uh, you know, Pedro, it's needless to say, the dude is unbelievably talented. And so like people going, oh, he
0: quit. Or it's just, you know, it's preposterous. So I say leave it all. because there's a journey to be had by everybody. The inclusivity of it all
1: is unbelievable. So I love the fans. I love that we're telling a story that matters to them. I love that it, it reinvigorated Star Wars for people. Um, on the flip side, as an artist like you, as somebody who's a creative, um, what I've learned is learn as much as you can. Understand that other people who are working have knowledge whether they're giving it to you freely or not and you can you can build yourself a foundation to really work from but don't forget who you are and don't forget that your artistry your mind are what we need we don't need somebody else's it's you you know people saying oh you got to be like pedro or you got to be like the thief or he's got to be like you that doesn't that that not being like anybody i'm gonna be me i'm gonna be brendan and i'm gonna do everything i can to make it great if it's not they fire me great okay i'll get up and do it again i'll learn from my mistakes i won't do it with blinders i'm not gonna be like i'm just gonna go ahead i'm gonna learn and i'm gonna take in everything i can and i don't care what you're doing you should do that because if you don't you will lose what matters the most which is the story you're going to tell because we can both be given the same story. We're going to tell it different because our experience dictates that. Um, You know, I, I, this has inspired me also to, to be a part of the change I want to see in the universe. I actually live in daily. I don't mean Star Wars. I mean, around me. So um, my daughter, my oldest daughter and I, We've been coaching her little sisters who are 13 and 14. Um, And now I've taken over the local high school, Grant High School. I'm now the varsity coach for girls soccer at Grant. And I want to build a program that supports the growth of young women through strength, through them understanding, not being told what to do, but them understanding what needs to happen, and them creating on the pitch, their outcome. And all I'm there to do is support that. And my daughter's super stoked because we're, we're starting a foundation so that John Berthold has a, a podcast called The Real Ones and he had somebody from his hometown on. Uh, her name was Natalie, I can't remember her last name, but she's the head football coach and now I think athletic director. She's head football coach in Pennsylvania where football is like breathing. Like everybody needs to I'm be a part of it. from
2: Pennsylvania, yep. <laughs>
1: okay, so this is a big deal. And so I was listening to her talk. She said 95% of women who are in the C suites, like CFO, CEO, play team sports. And then she talked about how I think it's like a 75% drop off of girls continuing to play sports after 13. Part of it's income disparity, the inability for them, you know, like families choose, well, the boy's gonna play sports. So I'm gonna pay for the next level that they can go to. Um, So we're creating a foundation that will support women, young women
0: and their ability to continue on so that finances don't stop them. So that they have the support system in place, the
1: understanding of how do we meld, how do team sports represent um, a better life for you? Like for you as a director or whatever it is, you have to work with 300 people on my set. How do you, Assert what you need without being an abusive person. How do you get what you need without, you know, letting you get rolled over? And I learned that from sports. That's what I learned it from. I'm part of something. So if I become part of something, I expect everyone to be part of a team. So that means I have to do my part and include everybody. So every day I'm on set, I make sure the grips are, don't feel like they're any different than the number one guy on the call sheet. It doesn't matter. We're all got a job to do. Mando doesn't look as good as he looks because I walked in the room in it. He looks because we did our job. We, not me, not you, we, and that's the greatest gift this show has given me. It's a reminder that we get things done. You don't. That's
2: that's really incredible and really inspiring um, to hear how this has all inspired you and impacted you and you know you mentioned you know the fans and everything um now you had a lot of positive experiences with them is there any notable fan experiences or stories about Mandalorian has also inspired them that stick out to you
1: I mean I I, I honestly I have a few that I've written and I've 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 thought man uh a, a gentleman came over from the Netherlands, and he was a police officer over there, and he was involved in an incident where he was attacked, and he had PTSD, and he was having a very hard time getting motivated to, to go back to be a policeman, and uh, he said he had gained weight, he was very depressed, he just felt terrible about himself, and uh, he turned on the man and and he got back in shape and he got back in the force and he got back to protecting and serving the people around him and it made him whole again he said and i was like you are blowing my mind all the way to you know there's a incredible family that i i met through the daughter uh bryna jones and Turns out her father uh, is an incredible basketball player, which I played, she played. Um, My father and her father played football at USF at the same time. We had no clue, but she was a fan of the show and she was so kind. And I've lost my mother um, and my father. And then my wife has also lost her mother. So my children don't have a grandmother. Um, And then Brian and I connected on Instagram of all places. And she seemed genuinely like a good person not only has she exceeded being that image, but we've become family. Like I call her mom, Grandmama Jones uh, for my kids. And like her, you know, her sisters, my now sisters have, you know, came out and saw me at New York Comic-Con. So there we built relationships like that. And then if you look at my, I think it's still on my story maybe, Uh, there's a young man, uh, King, was fighting cancer and he and his family got to watch the mandalorian uh together and it was something that made him happy and helped him fight his cancer which is in remission and um to understand that you know just my little part in this bigger story of the mandalorian uh has helped people heal you and your dad having a moment like that like those those stories mean everything to me. Uh, I have people who, who are like, Yeah, I've never watched a show of my grandfather before. He hates what I watch. I hate what he watches. And then we watched Mandalorian and it married two genres in such a way that he's going, That's the Duke's grandson. You can tell by the way he's walking. <laughs> and, you know, he's going, that guy's Boba Fett. Like he literally spun off Boba Fett. And, you know, they're having a conversation they otherwise never would have gotten to have. As an artist, you hope you can be part of something like that. You never know if it's ever going to reach. If it reaches one person like that, oh amazing. But the fact that it's it's affecting people so greatly, the writers, the lighting, the sound, all these guys, I tell them all these stories and it means the world to them. Um, I love children. So When we have kids on set, that might be my favorite thing in the world because they have that thing that drew us to storytelling, which is imagination and freedom. They don't have those barriers of life, of obstacles that we put in our way or somebody else does. Um, They don't see anything as an obstacle. They might see it as a challenge. And so I love to just go be around it. I become pen pals with one of the uh one of the young characters who was in the background and stuff. Uh and she's amazing. Lillian's one of my favorite human beings on earth. She invited me to her Halloween party. Uh, and and
0: you know, I I mean I I work with fans. Ego, the grip, like if Dave's not standing next to me and I need something answered for a Star Wars canon
1: question, I can literally turn to Diego and be like, Hey, what's the story? And <laughs> like, I don't know, nine out of 10 times, the guy's dead on. So I don't know. I love it. Um, I don't really spend much time with any negativity that's out there. Um, I love the people I work with. I'm honored to be a part of their world. Their uh, they bring me up and make me a better person. Um, and I love that they're, they're kind to my family, too. Um, it means the world to me. So uh, the fans mean everything. Without them, I got nothing. Honestly, both, both as a job in general, like any show you're on. But also. They, they should inspire you to tell good stories. And we owe it to to my brothers who are fans of Star Wars. I owe it to them to demand a great story. And I, I don't I don't think that's I don't think we've failed thus far.
2: I don't think so either. I love everything, love The Mandalorian very much. Um I'm so glad to hear that perspective. And I just have to say I really love how you really name people throughout everything you say and like give them that specific recognition. I think that's that's just a really awesome approach to, to telling these stories.
1: I think it's important because we can say I can say a grip and people might not even know what they do. they they, they you know move the camera, they like those kind of things like they build it so that I can get up into a ship. Um, and Bud, who's the boss, It starts there and goes down and like, I'm telling you right now they're, they're pros pros and the biggest fans. And it's, it's amazing uh, to be a part of something where, you know, my Andrew Clatters, uh, guys who are PAs who are working their way through, Jeff Wiener, uh, who are incredible actors, uh, Joey, like Aaron Fitz, like I can go down the list. My number one is Kim Richards, our first AD. She's going to be in a phenomenal director. She directs now quite a bit, really helps out and makes it easy and seamless for all the new directors that come in. She doesn't get enough credit. She doesn't. And she is without a doubt uh, the future of this industry because she's a strong, driven woman who doesn't have to be a bitch to get ahead. Do you know what I mean? Like the idea that you have to be, you have to be this. She's not. She's strong. She's 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 intelligent, but she's not ever gonna lower herself. She's always gonna raise the standards around her to where she should be. And I I don't know. I mean, she's my family too. My, I mean, this crew is my family. They've been my family since the beginning. And uh, when I lose a member, like, if we change, you know, grips, and I go from, you know, George to, you know, uh, Easy to Diego to Nate, like, to any of these guys, like, I see them in the morning, and they give me joy. Like, it's great, Johnny Mack. Corey, like, I, I mean, I go, Sean, running our sound, Veronica, she left us this season, but she was with me from the beginning. Uh, then we get Yvette, who's uh, a roper, who's amazing, and lives in Montana. She's amazing. And I'm so you know, the other thing is, you know, it is important that I say it, which is, I'm surrounded by capable, creative, incredible women on this set. 50-50 at least. And and I don't mean like 50% of the women are and 50% not. I mean like I there's as many women as there are men on the set both in the grips, lighting, everything. And so it's great for me. Again, selfishly, I have three daughters, so to be able to walk them on a set and to for them to be represented is amazing. Like mind-blowingly cool. And then to see powerful women like Kathleen Kennedy, Bryce Dallas Howard, and they're just regular people. My kids couldn't learn from me that way because, I, although I'm their father, I don't. They don't look at me, and they aren't represented. So to have that, it's it's a, such a huge, huge. Um, blessing and that's John that's John and Dave they're they're you're not afraid but they see talent and that's all it is and capability so um you know some of the strongest characters in this story are women from Princess Leia to Bo to uh Cara Dune to um Ming-Na and Fennec like I go and ask for help I think of three women, right? Bo-Katan, Kara, uh, Fennec, all women. I don't know how many other stories you've watched lately where that big, strong male character, sorry, Amy, Amy Sedaris and (laughs) pelly like they're the ones who carry me in a lot of ways, you know? Um, And quite often, if you look at the male characters, we do have uh, moral issues that we overcome to be better. You know what I mean? Which is the anti-hero, but like grief, his story, he goes from, you know, this to that. And then uh, Din, you know, he's a, He's a merciless bounty hunter, too. There's something he he found in his
0: moral code that let this so uh, it's I don't know it's 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 very
1: interesting uh, to see this kind of like turned on its head. so I, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan
0: so
2: yeah I know for me the Mandalorian action the first season came out when I was in my first semester of college first starting film school and so seeing Star Wars like my favorite thing and to have this wide array of of female directors which was new for Star Wars and still still was and still is pretty new for pretty much everything and then to see, I then watched the behind-the-scenes series that they did on the Mandalorian, yeah. and there was a lot of women there too. Yeah. And it was just so, so cool to see, and I'm so, I'm so glad you, you recognize it, and and that your daughters are also empowered by it.
1: Yeah, I, awesome. I, I do want to say because you did bring it up, and I didn't say it quite enough. Deb Chow, she was the first one when I started rehearsals in season one. She was the first director I met. And I don't think I've ever met a more thorough, creative, empathetic director in my life. Like, she understood how to support and strengthen me as an actor so that I could live that life.
0: So yeah.
2: It's incredible all the work from so many people that go into things um, sort of sideways related to that. You've mentioned a lot um, Latif who is one of your fellow Mandalorians. And then obviously there's also Pedro. I believe Barry Lowen is another uh, person. Yeah, Barry. Member. I'm not sure who else, if there's any more, but obviously with that many people really taking on the same character, albeit in different ways, how do you manage to still be your own person playing the role while also making sure that Dinjar still does feel like one character?
1: I I mean I think um, I think just because of the way we grew him, it does. We don't have to really think about it, um, <laughs> because when Latif's fighting none of us can do what he does not not his his fluidity is and balance are amazing so he can't really think too hard about anything else in that regard um so it 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 has to kind of we have to we have to do our best to be there for moments where mando has to come out and so uh like if it's if it's drawing a gun he and i will talk about it and we'll work it and we'll work it. And if you look at the behind the scenes, at one point I'm there and I'm kind of showing them. And so we're, we're, uh, we're, we constantly talk about that. Like, how do I, how would you do this? Oh, okay. So I got to step here and then come around and do that. And I guess for the camera it looks better than if I go like this. So if I go like this, it's this big round thing. So it's this constant kind of like conversation we have. Uh, because without it, we lose those things. Um, And then it's up to directors. So if like, I'm not there for them, usually they'll call me and ask me, or they'll say, you know, if you're doing this, what, you know, what's going on? And I'm able to kind of convey it and they're able to then press it in through the character. And if they have to move the camera in a certain way so that it doesn't lose the value, then that's what they have to do, you know? um but you can't think about it during the process because if you do then it'll become too mechanical so there there does have to be a certain freedom and either you can do it or you can't do it
2: really interesting and you know especially because you have these different people embodying one character yet at least to me he always it's never it's very seamless he always still yeah. that's I, the mandalorian I think it was beautiful it comes off absolutely gorgeous um yeah and I um I know so obviously you're is you're probably done work on season three by now um so what um just I said I wouldn't ask anything I guess I lied (laughs) but what if you could just you know know you know only say what you can say but like what something Ends, just very generally might want to look forward to or what's something you really enjoyed about this most recent season
1: this um I mean I, I can just because we have the trailer out you know yep. somewhat right so thinking about what you see there and being around Katie Sackhoff at, for for the amount of time I was able to be around her. Um, talk about becoming a better actor, person. Like she's just, she's, you know, like they talk about
0: it. You know, so good with that part of the story we do.
1: You know, I mean, if you look at it and she's in that throne and that you know walk to like you ain't seen nothing yet but you should be really excited about what that might lead to because it's a journey and it's
0: so fun i'm
2: very ever since i, I got to see the trailer at celebration yes um, way back so was, ever since then i'm very very excited i can't wait for 2023, um, so you went
1: to Celebration. How was it?
2: I did. It was really fun. It was um, it was in Anaheim this past year, so it's, so I was from Pennsylvania. You know, it was okay. a few months before I was flying out to start to live in LA for school. Uh, so it was interesting to kind of get a get a look around and be like, I'm gonna be here soon. Yeah. Uh, it was it was amazing. It was great because because uh, I'd been to Celebration before, but obviously not since. Since COVID, so it's been a while, oh. and so getting to see so many people in person for the first time in like three years, yeah, amazing. Um, I have you been to a celebration yet?
1: That was my first celebration. That, okay. that was the one, yeah. you know, where Pedro introduced the two of us.
2: Right. That's I didn't get into the Mando panel. I got yeah. into like the other one where I saw the trailer, unfortunately. Yes. Um, but yeah, okay. Uh, I think celebration compared to any other convention has such a, a buzz and such a positive energy to it.
1: I More I than agree. like anywhere. And because it's you're there for one universe because I, I went to New York Comic Con a couple of weeks ago um, and that was I mean I I mean it was a hard time for me because there was so much to process like I was like oh my god oh my god um but you're right i mean for me obviously celebration was special because it it was you know a lot of things were finally made clear um so to have that was really cool to share it with my you know fellow mandos you know the and and pedro was another level of coolness because you know we we wanted the character to be great but a lot of people want things and don't get them but because of the fans we get to keep doing and we get to keep telling the story so that for me the celebration is I'm celebrating you and you being there and these moments and so like I would you know nobody really knew who I was so I'd see somebody in a Mando outfit and I'd walk up and be like, hey, you mind if I take a picture with you? And they'd be like, yeah. And then I'd hand up like Amanda a Mando coin and walk away. And I would hear them like my daughters or whatever who were around me, they'd be like, oh, he's getting it. He's getting it right now. He just figured it out, <laughs> he just figured it out. And then, you know, I just keep walking. That was it. I just wanted to, you know, be around. Some of the costumes were better than the one I wear. So I was like, this is fun <laughs> Yeah, so we had a good time.
2: That's amazing. Yeah, celebration was such a great, great time. I can't wait. I don't know if I'm gonna make it to London, um, this year. It's, it's a little far, but I can't wait for whichever one I do get to next.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I London would be amazing. I definitely want to try to do celebration for that. Hopefully, we're not filming
2: or something. Yeah. all no, depends. Um. Well, yeah. So I. Don't have any questions or anything for me, but thank you so much it was so incredible to talk to you you had such amazing answers and perspectives on everything i know you talked about the the foundation you're setting up with your daughter is there like a website for that or not yet, should go to?
1: once once we have it uh all like we're still going through the process to make sure that everything's charitable and everything of course um so once we go through that process it'll be on my link tree on any of my social media um so you'd be able to hit it up there uh but i mean more importantly if you believe in something and that it's going to make the world better or you can do something being of service makes life so much more enjoyable finding those moments and i know we're all busy trust me i know i i you know I, ne- I never stop, it feels like. This whole time, I've been eating my cauliflower <laughs> and pickles. But I was at soccer practice, coaching right before this, and that feeds my soul. So if you can find moments where you can go be of service to something you believe in, whether it's helping homeless or uh, going to local um, Y or the LGBTQ um, center and just being supportive, uh, whatever it is, even if it's just I go to you know like uh nursing homes and just talk to people so that they don't feel isolated and alone. Um, it's simple things like that. That's how we're going to keep the heart of this country beat. It's not going to be through tribalism, division. It's not going to be through, I'm right, you're wrong. It's going to be through, we all do our part in service to make a difference to something
0: much is very much the kid because it's not his kid, but there's
1: something bigger than him that's feeding his responsibility to this kid who he didn't have to have it to so if you love the show and you love the ethos and the and the the mythology of it then live it wherever you can anywhere however you can even if it's go paint your neighbor's fence or help a, a elderly neighbor get their trash cans down whatever it
0: is You'll find out more about yourself and be a better person and it will always benefit you. I recommend service of any kind that's positive.
2: Yeah, so they are amazing words um, to, yeah. Um, and I I can, I'm sure you know, like, the 501st Legion and uh, the, so I'm a member of the Mandalorian Mercs and the Rebel Legion. I've actually been trooping with them since I was six. I was a little Jawa as yes. I started out. Uh, and um, that's, you know, I think for me, like, that's my way of giving back. Just this past Friday, I went to a um, the city of, I believe it was Palmdale, I'm pretty sure, um, yeah. was holding a Halloween event for kids. And kids to just come, and they could just get to play around, play some games. They had, like, a little DJ, they had candy. Oh, yeah. toys they're giving out and there's different booths with resources for the community that were being offered um so there's you know there's plenty of ways to to give back like you said and you can even do it with star wars you know i've back Absolutely. in lancaster a friend who i met through star wars he actually was inspired by star wars to start a charity to help the homeless and they ran a shelter and they fed people helped people try to find employment all sorts of amazing things so you know it's, it's really yeah. incredible what you can do with inspiration
1: there's the fight for the cure and that's this one right here that's oh. uh i can't remember uh but uh force for the cure that's what it is not fight for the cure i'm an imbecile but um <laughs> I don't know if that helps see it better. Yeah,
2: I can I can see it. It's very shiny. It's a little hard to read in places, yeah. but I, yeah. Force but that's for that's the,
1: the that's the force for the cure and those guys are unbelievable. They're I mean, they I talk to them all the time online. Some of them were stormtroopers on set at the last episode. So, yeah. Uh I love it. I love it. I love it. Be of Service and that's amazing mm-hmm.
2: that you were Um. So yeah, I think those are some really great words to leave off on. Uh. So you said the the website and things for your foundation aren't up. But where can people find you online and follow you, and then get updates about that later?
1: Uh, you can always find me at the real Brendan Wayne on Instagram. I think it's the same thing on TikTok and um, what's the other one? Facebook. Uh, Brendan Wayne, real Brendan Wayne, or the real Brendan Wayne, which is uh, Instagram. Um and i i tend to try to put out as like a couple times a day something either some form of stoicism or something uh behind the scenes or you know whatever it is so i always sum for mando
0: monday so uh yeah <laughs>
2: all right um so to the the listeners and viewers, you can find Star Wars Geek Girl. It's at SWGeek Girl on Twitter and Instagram, just Star Wars Geek Girl on Facebook. Um, and then I have the website, dot com where I write and make quizzes and all those things. Um, yeah, so thank you again so much. This was such a, a joy. Great night for me. <laughs> I'm hey. so honored I got to talk to you and, and hear all the amazing things you had to say.
1: I'm, I'm honestly, I'm unbelievably Excited, and uh, that I got to do this, and you have my email. So, don't hesitate. You want to, hey, uh, do you have time? You want to have lunch or something? Because we are very close to each other. I'm a, I'm over in Sherman Oaks. So oh, okay,
2: yeah, very close.
1: Just shout at me, especially during the day when the girls are at school, nine to three. You have quest like just. I mean, I mean, I know you're going to film. You know, through film school, there's some stuff. I went to film school, at I SC, see. Uh, there's some stuff that maybe doesn't translate well over the internet or just in general. And I I can give you whatever my perspective is.
2: Thank you. That's amazing. I likely will yeah, follow up have... with you at some point for sure. Okay. Thank you so much. Um, and thank you to everybody for watching and listening. Um, may the force be with you. And uh, go the way. Uh, Bring some joy to the world.
1: Absolutely.
0: Star Wars geek girls. They're geek girls that like Star Wars. And sometimes cry.